All right. Welcome in to a Tuesday edition of the Sports Huddle on SEMO ESPN Radio. We're at 12.20 a.m., 93.5 FM, and online worldwide at SEMOESPN.com. And if you have a smartphone, you can listen right on your phone. Just uh, go to your app store. You can download our free app. Search for SEMO ESPN. It's free download. It's got the Listen Live link. It's got links to our contests and promotions, the latest breaking news, and the latest radar weather forecast. It is all free. It's the SEMO ESPN app. If you'd like to join us here in the huddle, here is the huddle hotline number 573-334-1220. 573-334-1220. The huddle hotline is powered by EBOMD. Jess Bolin in the house. How are things? Great. Any better be too good. Whoa. <laughs> no, I'm uh, I'm doing fine. Sunshine, a beautiful day out there, I'll tell you that. Looks like it. It was still a little little chilly when I came in at 4 a.m. from yeah. St. John. Yeah. Uh, well, you still need a light jacket or, or heavy sweatshirt or something to be outside, Not, but not a big jacket. Yeah, that's why I wore this uh, kind of thick pullover today. No coat. Yeah, I feel good. I don't feel quite good enough to sing. No. But, Thank you. you. Know. Thank you. Thank, thank you for Thank you very much. <laughs> I know you don't like the singing, but your wife does. Far, you, th- you think she just... As far as you know. You think she's just kind of trying to build up my ego. I don't know. That wouldn't be hard to do. Oh, no, that's right, because it's pretty low. <laughs> Self-esteem, very low. All right, we inch, inch. A little closer to Super Bowl Sunday. We're at Super Bowl week. It's Tuesday. Teams uh, landed in Vegas Sunday. Uh, the story coming out yesterday, the uh, the 49ers are not happy with the surface that they're practicing on. They're practicing at UNLV, University of Nevada, Las Vegas. And they have a turf field there. But what the NFL did was put a grass surface on there for it. The NFL paid for it. But the players and some of the coaches have said they don't like the surface. It's a little too soft. Coach Kyle Shanahan said we'll deal with it. What I think is interesting is what the NFL did was they put natural grass over the turf. And they'll take it out. After the Super Bowl, and so UNLV will will still have their turf. Probably. That seems very odd that you would put natural grass over artificial turf. It does. I guess it would have been a massive job to go in there and plow that concrete up, that blacktop underneath the... Well, I'm not so sure it's black. It was blacktop when they first started. Blacktop underneath the turf in st louis yeah they put they put different substances on top of whatever the bottom layer is yeah, these days with the new stuff kind of packed gravel gravel and sand i think on top of it and then they, they put the turf on it so it'll give you a little bit of movement you know instead of hard concrete i remember back in well cincinnati bush stadium a lot of the cookie cutter fields 
a thin layer of indoor-outdoor carpet. It's what it looks like. About a half inch glued right to the blacktop. Would you imagine? It's one of they to get more shoulder injuries and everything else. Just there were plenty, on plenty it. of injuries with that old junk. Just falling on it. It and the heat in St. Louis. I remember the heat in Wichita one time. They had turf, still do. And is that old style? You know, like I'm talking about. We batted against Wellington, Kansas. About 30 minutes, real long inning. They changed pitchers and all this stuff. And I'm standing out there. It's so hot, and I had iron cleats on my spike. And I had to raise my leg up and stand on one foot and then put my other one down and stand on it because of the heat. So what do you imagine Cardinal outfielders, well, Cardinal players that was on that couldn't get that rest hardly, you know, be out there a long time. I remember Willie McGee said something about one at one time. He said, it's just brutal, you know, on a hot Sunday day in St. Louis. So I, can only, I just can't imagine them even thinking that. You know, I I didn't see this installed here in Kappa Hall. Did you? I mean, I drove by when they was putting section of the turf in and stuff like that, but I'm sure it's it's on gravel and sand. And somebody can correct me, you know, if they got here in the show and know something different. But putting it on, it you know, you can imagine it'd be soft because of that hard surface underneath this turf, this grass, because. You know, it'd just be like laying something on top of concrete, but it's not glued down. You know, it looks like it's slip out money and everything else. Well, that's what they're complaining about. <clears throat> you think back. Give way on cuts. All the years that the Hawk, Andre Dawson, played at Olympic Stadium for the Montreal Expos, yeah. when he became a free agent and signed with the Cubs, he basically said, here's a blank check, pay me what you want. I want to play somewhere where there's grass because my knees my knees are almost shot because of playing on this stuff. And, you know, Andre Dawson went out and won the MVP award, first time ever for a team to finish in last place. Uh, go back. You can probably find it on YouTube. Uh, the Chicago Bears had a wide receiver named Wendell Davis, okay, he was okay. He was a he was a pretty good wide receiver. But at the old vet, veteran stadium in Philadelphia, they had that same stuff. The old Omni Astro turf on freaking concrete. And there's a play. He blew out both of his ACLs on the same play trying to make a catch. Coming down on that turf. Have you ever even heard of that? Two ACLs no. blow out on the no. same play? You could probably see it on YouTube. Well, Wendell I think Davis. where it really would bother me as an outfielder is if I have to dive for a ball. And then you're diving. It's like going out here and diving on the street. You know, that's how hard it was. A half-inch padding on concrete. <laughs> think of how hard that shock that is to your body yeah. if you dive and... That's what you land on. So, so it, the was, new turf, it was awful. The new turf is much more forgiving. Uh, you, you, you brought up Kappa Hall Field. 
Uh, I don't know if you know this, uh, but I drove by there the other day, and they have taken all of the boards down on the outfield fence, all of them down. Now, the the frame of the outfield fence is still there. They are replacing that. So we're going to have a brand-new green, I'm guessing they're going to paint it green again, uh, outfield fence. They are totally replacing it. Here's the thing that I hope that they do. When they modified the field and gave it a facelift and put the turf down and, you know, they redid the outfield fence. They redid lots of stuff, the video board. So when they did that, what they did when they painted the dimensions back on Kapaha Field, (laughs) it it, it drives me crazy, and it shouldn't. But it's Kapaha Field has been four years. You know this better than anybody because you're the one who moved the fences back. 330 down the lines, 380 to the power alleys, and 400 to center. Well, they put it back in the same dimensions. But what they did in the alleys, they moved the measurements over towards past. The, towards where, the foul line. Yes, more toward the foul line, not in the actual <laughs> alley where it's 380. So they moved the actual dimensions that they painted on the fence, and it said 375. Well, it is, I'm sure, three, right there, 375 yeah. where it is, but it's not in the actual middle of the power alleys where it's still 380. So it looks like Kapaha is a bit shorter park, but it's still 380. I hope once they get this all done, put the measurements painted on in the actual power alleys right in the middle, the same distance between the foul line and dead center. I hope they go back and paint 380 rather than moving it over again and paint it 375. And if I'm wrong about that, take your tape measure out there and measure it to the actual, and if it's 378, write 378 on the field. Anyway. Well, maybe they did that. They probably did do that. Where they made it three seventy five, but they they, they but, did measure, but it's it not in the actual. That's e- what I mean. But yeah. that's what they did to get that measure. Right. Same thing we're talking about. It's anyway, not a big point to me. But I think it's cool that they're putting a new fence, and I wonder if they'll put any padding on that's it. The I'll thing be I was wondering if there's any padding on it because um, if it's real solid and real heavy wood, that you know, that's really hard to crash into. I know I crashed into a few in my life. So that's kind of cool. That, Maybe that's uh, why I'm like up I am. Right in the outfield fence. You know? I think it could be one of many reasons. Kind of dim-witted. Yeah. Yeah. So at the Super Bowl, they've had their uh, media day. You know, I don't know if Patrick Mahomes got the question, how long... Have you been a black quarterback like, <laughs> like Doug Williams did before? Pretty he, well, pretty well my whole career. Right, before yeah. he led the Washington Redskins to a Super Bowl championship, uh, you know, voted, I'm sure, by many the dumbest question of all time in Super Bowl media day. But Patrick Mahomes, just one of the topics, and you've got to really dig around if you cover the NFL and you're talking on Sports Talk Radio, and you're looking for topics to talk about. One of the topics that we've heard for the last, I don't know, week and a half, maybe even two weeks, you know, is Patrick Mahomes 
the greatest quarterback of all time? Or is he trending there? And the lazy narrative is, we'll have a discussion when you win as many championships as Tom Brady. Does that mean that Patrick Mahomes is not a better quarterback than Tom Brady? Well, I don't silly. know. That it's debatable. Do you only the only thing we look at? How many rings? No, no, no. Because Bill Russell would be the greatest NBA player of all time, and we know that he's not. So we're not talking about that. Uh, most World Series rings, Yogi Berra is he the greatest baseball player of all time? No. Well, besides that, that argument means you got to wait till his career's over, right? And the way you would measure now would be compare his stats right now in the same year of Brady. He, Mahomes blows him away. Yeah. So in terms of stats, and if he stays away from injuries, of course, Brady. You got to remember he played till he's forty-two, wasn't it? Like twenty-two years, something uh-huh. like that. Maybe I mean, twenty he was, years. He might have been forty-four. Yeah, so he. I heard. I think I heard the other day they played twenty two years. If that's the case, he was forty four. But you can't. You know these guys that want to always say somebody's the best, somebody's better. I he, guess he got to have two thousand twenty two. His final year with Tampa Bay, forty four. Forty five years Ooh. old. <laughs> he played in his forty fifth uh, season. So there's your 22 years. So I did hear it right. But what's Mahomes been in, in the actually, NFL? Actually, 23 years for him. If he's uh, Mahomes been starting seven years, maybe? This is his sixth year starting. He's been to six AFC championships. This games. is his sixth year. This is year so six. So they're trying to compare or trying to argue the point that Mahomes is as good as Brady and he's got just about 25% of Brady's time in the NFL. A little over that, maybe 30%. That's ridiculous. But but what they're looking at, six AFC title games. This is his fourth Super Bowl. He's got a chance to win his third. So when asked about it at media day, here's how Mahomes responded to talk when asked the question, some people are making the case that you're the greatest quarterback of all time. What do you think? I mean, I'm not even close to halfway, so uh, I haven't put a lot of thought into it. I mean, your goal is to be the best player that you can be. Um, and uh, I know I'm blessed to be with, around a lot of great players around me. Um, and so right now it's doing whatever I can to beat a great 49ers team and trying to get that third ring. And then if you ask me that question in like 15 years, and I'll see if I can get close to seven. But seven seems like a long ways away still. You want to play as long as they'll let you play, and um, it takes a lot of work outside of the building. It takes taking care of your body. It takes eating healthy. Try to get rid of the dad bod that I got, um, but uh, trying to do whatever you can just to, to get to be healthy and go out there and be the best player that you can be. And um, my hope is to take it year in and year out. Um, but I want to play as long as they'll let me play. Um, and uh, 15 years seems like a long, but uh, Brady did it, and some other guys have done it. So I'm gonna try to try to, to see if I can do it as well. Good answer, and uh, I love the fact that uh, he said, you know, I've got a dad bod. <laughs> dad bod, Jess. He's got um, a different voice than you would imagine him having, because he's not a little guy, about 6'3", isn't yeah. he? And probably, I don't know, they don't list their weights right. I don't think he's probably, if I had to guess... 
215, something like that. So you wouldn't think his voice voice would be that high because he's got a little He kid. knows. He knows that people say he sounds like Kermit the Frog. He he knows that. <laughs> it, I never thought of that. but uh, It's Kermit the Frog. Yeah, he yeah. does. And... You know, he's although his his wife is a little better looking than Miss Piggy, I, I will say that. Yeah, yeah, he's a different style of quarterback too. You got to take that in consideration. Brady's stand up pocket passer, and he moved around in the pocket. Deadly. Okay, but, deadly though yes, accuracy. Yes, and Mahomes is a good passer. If he's not getting chased around by linemen and 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 defensive ends and safeties in the backfield. He's a good stand-up quarterback. He's a good, good, accurate thrower. But he's got to make more throws on the run than Brady ever did, I think. And it's so, and he can run for first downs where Brady maybe one, once in three games could do that. So it's a different style of quarterback. And how do you evaluate different styles? Do you give Mahomes more credit for being the guy that can get out of the pocket and run yes. and make a first down? I yes. do. I do, because it's critical in a game. And Brady and Mahomes. Now, we've watched Mahomes for six seasons now. We saw Brady for his 23 years in the NFL. It is amazing to me with Patrick Mahomes. He's got a sixth sense and feels pressure. He feels it. There's no physical way that he has eyes in the back of his head, but he feels it. Brady used to be like that. Not all quarterbacks are like that. They're just not. Yeah, it goes beyond a little bit of your peripheral vision. You know, like you said, you can't see all the way around, but so far. But he can feel it. Certainly can. And that, and you say, how does he do that? Well, I don't know. I don't know either. How but does he an, does. Let me ask you this. I've done this a thousand times. But how's an outfielder know a ball's head over his head, maybe over the fence? He turns his back and runs for 30 strides and then turns around and the ball's right there, right by your shoulder. How do you know that? If you're a good outfielder. Now, Marcelo Zuna thought it was going over the fence. He climbed the fence and bounced on the warning track. So everybody doesn't have that sense as an outfielder. Um, Most most center fielders will, I'm sure of that, because... You put in center field for a reason. You one thing you cover a lot of ground. You get great reads. You make good angles. You know stuff like that. But left and right field, <laughs> those guys are usually big sticks and maybe great arms. Not in left, but in right. So I always felt like the center fielder needed as good an arm as the right fielder. Why not? He's got to make a lot of throws in right center. Left, center, deep. So, uh, as far as quarterbacks go, I go back when I was a kid, and I can only talk about. You, you can watch video. You can you can go back and watch Johnny Unitas and Bart Starr and Joe Namath and you know some of the old time guys. But as far as I can remember, back when I was a kid, just starting to watch football, Terry Bradshaw was on the scene. Roger Staubach was on the scene. Kenny Stabler. So since that era of quarterbacks, I've seen them all since then. 
I know he's got seven Super Bowls. I have not seen a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes. That's just me. And I know I'm a Chiefs fan, and I'm a Mahomes fan. And I did not root against Brady like so many people did. I like Tom Brady. But game for your life. Your life is on the line. Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, who's starting at quarterback for your team with your life on the line? I pick number 15. Well, in my evaluation, and I saw Joe Montana, he really impressed me. I saw Bart Starr. I saw all these people you're talking about. Fran Tarkenton. Fran Tarkenton might have been one of the first ones that was a scrambler. You know, could really run in the pocket. And they may be somebody before him. I don't remember, but I know he was. I saw all these guys play in their prime, and they were good, very good. But I tend to agree with you, which I hate to do, that Mahomes might be the best quarterback I've ever seen. So I'm taking in another decade or two of what you've seen. And, I, you know, I agree that he might be better than anybody I've ever seen. Up to this point, now whether he, he's got to continue it, I agree. You know, uh, you know, and there's a reason they called Fran Tarkington the Mad Scrambler. Yeah, because he was the first guy that was really mobile. Yeah, he was. Boy, he'd get out in the open, and he was hard to catch. I have some. Know? I still have. You know, my brother, older brother, sold all my baseball cards way back when we were. He young. sold all of them. He sold them. Oh. Well, he got in big trouble by my mom, but he sold them. But, I mean, I had Hank Aaron cards with him, all that stuff. But I still oh, have. Oh, you're talking about baseball cards? Baseball. I still have all I my. I had 10,000. I still have all of my football cards. And I've got, you know, I've got Joe Namath cards. But I've got, you know, several Fran Tarkington cards. But I have an old Tarkington card, Jess, when he was with the New York Giants. I mean that's that's going back. It's going back. That that's yeah, back in the I Joe Namath with the Vikings. I've got a Joe Namath rookie card. I've got Walter Payton rookie card, <clears throat> Tony Dorsett rookie card, Earl Camp. I mean, lots of you know quarterbacks from well, back. Well, Ty's then. a big card collector now. My grandson and um, I bought him a complete. I mean, it's I think it's five hundred cards and big long looks like carton of cigarettes and uh he opened some looked at some of them that the christmas party the other night they still put the stale bubble gum in there no, no. remember that yeah it was the worst it gum br- it break but, up like but, but you loved it yeah, anyway it br- you had to chew it for five minutes to get it soft enough it would to, break into pieces yeah yeah it would and he had uh two or three jordan walkers and i told my dad in some time someday might be worth some money, you know, because he's got rookie cards of Jordan Walker. And he's got a whole bunch of good ones in it. I told him, I said, I ought to take them back, you know, because <laughs> they're pretty good box. But, uh, no, I had ten thousand over 10,000 tops baseball cards. I had some unique things, Eric. I had, for instance, I had the entire roster of the Brooklyn Dodgers when 1955 when they won their first world championship. Don Newcomb, Roy Campanella, Carl Ferrillo, Duke Snyder, all those, Carl Erskine, 
all those guys. Jackie Robinson. 55, yeah, I can't remember if he's on that team or not, honestly. He didn't play for any other team. Uh, yeah, he got Came traded up in to the Giants, but he, I don't think he reported, did he? I mean, he played his whole career with the Dodgers. Well, he got traded, though, to the Giants at the end of his career. And he, I think he retired. Again, quit. he played I know what his career saying. with the Dodgers. I know so what if you've saying, got the 55 Dodgers, did then, you know, then, then you've got Robinson. Did you know what I'm saying? No. You know, he did get traded. But. Like Kurt Flood got traded but didn't report. <clears throat> right. Right. So, there's no. I had I had Mickey Mantle rookie cards. I mean, I had. Um, now, see, Mickey Mantle rookie card. Now, that's a that's a different animal. That, that that's one of the more expensive cards. I had more ever. more than three or four. I had like six or eight of his. But I bought them every nickel I got back then. You get them for a nickel. Get about ten cards and a piece of gum. And I, every time I'd get a nickel or dime, I'd buy cards. And the only reason I know how many so you're, I had. So you, you were a nickel and dimer. <clears throat> well, a nickel and you dimer. grew up the way I did. You was lucky to have a nickel. Yeah. But the reason why I know I had so many was it was raining one night, and me and my brother, Larry, Larry, our little apartment was upstairs in this ghetto apartment down there in Smelterville. And I, I opened the trunk put some in there and he said how many of them things have you got i said i don't know he said let's count them so they have nothing to do no tv so we sit down on the floor and count them and i don't remember how many it was after ten thousand we got ten thousand i quit counting but all of them tops all of them between 1952 and 60 those eight years Pretty good baseball era, the decade of that eight, nine years. And somebody stole them, so it doesn't make any difference how much value there was there. Probably uh, today's market with all those Mickey Mantle cards, Henry Aaron's, all them cards. I'd say on the market, probably a couple million dollars. You made 10,000 of them. But. That's why I'm still poor. Say la vie. Yeah. Yeah. So Patrick Mahomes, obviously not the only chief that talked at Media Day. The guy I wanted to hear from, Jess. Travis? No. <laughs> the injury report no longer lists Kadarius Tony. Tony went on his Instagram and ranted that he's not hurt. Well... Michael Robinson interviewed Kadarius Tony at Media Day. Surely he and didn't he lash tried out to then. Explain his bizarre Instagram live video, which went up the day of the AFC Championship, the day his girlfriend was giving birth to their first child. But here is Michael Robinson interviewing Kadarius Tony, and there is no legitimate journalist who is not going to ask Kadarius Tony about his bizarre Instagram post. Here's Tony. Here with the dynamic wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs, Kadarius Tony. First of all, Kadarius, congratulations, big dog. You got a new young life in this world, man. How does that make you feel? 
I'm just blessed, man. I'm blessed. I'm on and out the field right now. I know that. Well, let me let me ask you this. You know, there's been a lot of talk, obviously. Okay. First of all, okay. are you healthy? Yeah, I'm good. Second of all, you know, I got to keep it funky with you, dog. You know what I'm saying? You went live. You know what I'm saying? What was the point of that? You know what I mean? Was that you trying to get your, your version of the events out? Just kind of talk us through that process. Yeah, it's, yeah, it kind of started that, but I, in the process of that, I get interrupted, so it got like a mixed message behind it, I guess you could say, and then a lot of footage got chopped up in the release, so it made it like I was attacking the one I love the most, like I made in the post I was saying, I referring to. Uh, I never attacked the Chief, never said anything about the Chiefs, who I was referring to was the Giant fans, or whatever people in my comment, you know what I'm saying, my comment box, not even on my live recording, so you wouldn't even know if they were there. But I was referring to them, which I shouldn't have. I, I just wanted to go out there. I feel like how you say get my message across as far as my injury. But I shouldn't have did that at the end of the day. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a man. At the end of the day, I can, uh, I can accept my mistakes just like I accept my wins, you know. But um, I'm just moving past that right now. You know, we're here now. We're just trying to, you know, win. <laughs> You're number one receiver in this league? Yeah, if I get it. Yeah, if I get the ball, yeah. <laughs> gotta love it man gotta love it. you know i had to ask man last one and then i'll let you go what would it mean to leave this game a world champion it mean everything to me Kadarius tony there you go and the the thing that i like most about the interview by michael robinson was that he kept it funky with him dog so you know that's that's a positive but t- tony kind of walking back the Instagram post saying that he shouldn't have done it. Um, Did he ask him, or was I hearing things, are you the best receiver in the NFL? Are you a number one receiver in the NFL? Yeah. Really? Seriously? No. no, Why would you even ask him? This is my interpretation. I don't think he was asking him if he's the best receiver, but on each team, you got a one, you yeah, got a two, you I got a three. Are you a one? I don't know what he meant. Are you a number one on Kansas City? Are you the number one receiver on Kansas City? Well, he may believe that he is. Really? I know he's not. I know he's not, too. But, but I will anyway. say this. When he asked him how would it feel to be a world champion, he already knows what it feels like because he won it last year. And he had a touchdown in the Super Bowl, and he had a 60-plus-yard punt return in the Super Bowl. So, yes, he knows what it's like to be a world champion. Um, he doesn't know what it's like to line up on sides. He certainly knows I tell you, what I'd it's be, like to line was, up off sides. If I was coaching, and I, I get, I'm in the limelight like Reed is, and I got a player you want to do. If you want to mouth off and you want to get somewhere besides the team, is important then I'll do what I have to do I, I don't, I'm not against penalizing players beyond what they need but the same token you got to me you got to be disciplined or we can't get to the next level we got to be a team and these rogues loners that think the world is only revolving around them. I don't want them if I'm running a team, baseball team or any of it, football. Give me the guys that, it's not that you can't have an opinion. I'm not saying that at all. You can have, you can, but just don't go to the wrong people 
and put it out there to try to get your 10 minutes of fame on the on the air or whatever i'm not interested in you then it's just the way it is with me i mean they, they can do what they want to with him just like ozuna i said yesterday i wouldn't have him on my team i wouldn't have him on the cap it's as simple as that if he took the the bright green sleeve off would you let him back on? i wouldn't team? let him on the cap i wouldn't want him in our uniform he's a wife beater a child beater or whatever he was and that's too much for me right there i don't i don't i don't want to be associated with you on if there's anything at my yeah, the age, domestic incident was with his wife i know a guy that worked with us that he's a tough guy he thought he was and his wife was eight months pregnant and he hit her with his fist and broke her jaw and put her in the hospital not for pregnancy, of broken jaw. And so I have no respect and no patience at all with people like that. None. And that's just, sorry, that's the way I am. I, you don't hit a woman and you don't hit a child. And if you, with those kind of guys won't stand up to a man. If, you know, they'll never challenge a man. Because I happened to challenge him myself, and he wouldn't do nothing. He wouldn't do anything, really. So I would say the biggest sports story yesterday, in my opinion, not the Super Bowl. Nothing, nothing was breaking. I mean, yeah, we got to hear from Tony. We got to hear from Mahomes. It was media day. No earth-shattering stuff came out of that. The Niners think their playing surface is too soft where they're practicing. Okay. That doesn't rise to the level of what the Kansas City Royals did yesterday, Jess. They signed their 23-year-old superstar shortstop, Bobby Witt Jr., to an 11-year, $288 million contract, locking him up. Now, there are some. He's got opt-outs and different things. But if the entire contract plays out, it's guaranteed. 11 years, 288. Now, at the end of the contract, there is an option after the final season that could tack on three years and $89 million. <clears throat> So that would make it 14 years, 377. But it is an 11-year, $288 million contract. Bobby Witt Jr. just finished his second season in the big leagues at age 23. Isn't that ridiculous? He signed. He hit... 276, 30 bombs, 28 doubles, 11 triples, 96 RBIs, and 49 stolen bases. The money's ridiculous. I mean, if you say it was a 10-year contract, it'd be average in 10 years, $28 million a year for 10 years. So it's 11 years, so you're going to drop that to maybe 25, 24 million over that stretch. That's ridiculous money. But in this day and time, what will it, in other words, that 20, that's locked in con- contract. If he gets hurt this year and is out for life, he's still going to get that money. And I'm, you know, these ball clubs got insurance on these players. Believe me, they they have to. 
because too many of them get stuck with those contracts. Now, whether he deserves it compared to somebody else that's getting that kind of money, yes, he does. Because there's no telling how good this kid's going to be. You put up those kind of numbers at his age and his position he plays. I mean, if you're ever going to invest in somebody, he's shortstop, isn't he? He's a shortstop. Yeah. These 30 homer, 100 RBIs, 50 stolen base shortstops are hard to come by. And the Kansas City realizes that. So <laughs> he's only 23. He's going to be, I mean, he could be, arguably, in a couple of years, he could be the best player in the game. Don't you think? Possible. So, did they make a mistake paying him that much money? They all do. They all get too much money. But if anybody else is going to get that kind of money, he probably should be just as much as them. So if you haven't been following what the team in our state of Missouri has done in the offseason, in addition to Bobby Witt, they have signed a ton of guys. Second baseman Adam Frazier. They signed outfielder Hunter Renfro. They signed Michael Waka. They signed Seth Lugo. They signed former Cardinal reliever Chris Stratton. And you go down the list, they signed left-handed pitcher who was lights out when the Braves won the World Series, Will Smith. They have gone out there and signed guys. The Royals are not, in my opinion, with what they've done so far, they are not going to be the doormat of the AL Central this year. Not Wait a minute, are we talking about the Orioles now? The Kansas City <laughs> Royals. All of those you... guys, those are all signees by the Royals. Yeah, I thought you said Orioles. No. KC. Um, yeah, Kansas City, you know, they had a little taste of success last this season. Not much, but they did have some good moments. And... Bobby Witt Jr., they look at him as a guy that could lead him into the next level, and he's probably possible. It's very possible he could be that guy. And Michael Walker, I wanted the Cardinals resign him, but because he had a good year last year, I think he won fourteen games with San Diego. So Kansas City should be improved, much improved. You taking calls? Yeah. All let's right. Let's have one. Let's head to the EBOMD huddle hotline. <laughs> Had a hard time understanding him, uh, but this is Vaughn. Vaughn joins us in the huddle. Vaughn, thanks for the call. Good morning. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for taking my phone call. Thanks for calling. Um, yeah. Um, I just, uh, he's talking about best quarterbacks. You know, uh, that's always debatable. Um, I would pick Mahomes over Brady, but, you know, because. Seemed like Brady, he just stood in the pocket. He was always protected, you know, and he did get rid of the ball real fast, so he he, he knew where to throw the ball. So, But uh, I would take Mahomes. Yeah, I'm a Mahomes guy, but I will say this, man. If you were watching during Brady's run with New England, 
and uh-huh. they need they needed a drive in the final ninety seconds of the game. <clears throat> I never had any doubt whatsoever Brady was going to lead him down to get points, whether it's a field goal or a touchdown. I mean, that dude under pressure uh, was special. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, he was, and he was a great player. Um, But like Mahomes was saying, you know, he's got a lot of years yet, so they need to ask him later, you know, (laughs) after he's had several years. Uh, Debating... Who's the best? And it's always debatable. Um, I remember boxers, you know, people say Muhammad Ali was better, the best heavyweight ever was, you know, but he never got to fight uh, Rocky Marciano. And uh, so you never know what, what would have happened there. Uh, I remember Roberto Duran, he was the greatest lightweight I ever saw. And uh, he, and, went, he and a, went up to middleweight and... Uh, he wasn't as he wasn't as effective, but he still beat Sugar Ray Leonard. Yeah, know, and then Le- and then Leonard embarrassed him in Montreal, the Nomas fight. So yeah, the last time they fought, uh, Roberto Duran quit. He quit in the middle of a boxing match. But uh, Las Piedro, uh, uh, anyway, hands of stone, Roberto uh-huh. Duran. I I was a big Duran fan, but. Uh, you know, that that will be a mark against his legacy. He flat-out quit in the ring against Leonard in the rematch. Yeah, well, he, he claimed he had stomach cramps. You know, you never know <clears throat> for sure. <laughs> he, he said he had stomach cramps, so he can quit. Um, but he was getting embarrassed, you know, by Leonard. Uh, was, Leonard was, you know, dancing around, and, and he was quicker. But um, Yeah, I, I, I was a big Duran fan, and yes... I think it is very debatable whether or not Muhammad Ali was the greatest heavyweight of all time. Just because he said it, uh, he was great. Um, we never got to see him fight Mike Tyson. As you mentioned, no Rocky Marciano. He never got right. to fight Vladimir Klitschko, who held the, the belt forever. He never got to fight Larry Holmes in his prime, right? I mean, he fought him at the end of his career, but, you know, he was a Mike shell. Mike Tyson would have given the best fight. <clears throat> in my opinion. I think Larry Holmes would have given him a great fight. You know who else I think would have given Mike him a great fight? Mike Tyson was like Rocky Marciano. He had to get in close to hurt you. Rocky Marciano was small for a heavyweight. Yeah. I mean, he was like 190 pounds. Tyson was probably, what, 210? Much more muscular. In the day, see, Marciano was on, I only knocked to his knees one time in all of his fights. And that was Marciano was like 185 pounds. Archie Moore did it and then he knocked Archie Moore out but I think Ty- physique and everything Tyson and Marciano look a lot alike except Tyson's Vaughn you know stronger you stronger know, and heavier you know who I would have really loved because I think he's one of the most underrated heavyweight champions of all time with his size power reach I would have loved to see Ali fight Lennox Lewis mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, that would have been a great fight yeah um there was there was another uh, fighter that beat Muhammad Ali uh, heavyweight. I can't remember his name. Joe Frazier beat him, and his well, prime. Joe Frazier beat him first fight. Yeah. Right. Uh huh. At Madison uh, Square Garden after he was coming off the. Did Kenny Norton beat him? Yes. Yeah. Kenny Norton. And then, of course yeah. Spinks. Yeah, it, it, that that was a different Ali yeah, at the yeah, end when he fought yeah. Spinks and uh, and when he fought Trevor Trevor Burbick so, and when he fought Larry still, Holmes. He's, Spinks has the right. To claim championship of the world, absolutely, he wants in his life. 
And then, you know, Ali won the rematch yeah. with Leon when Spinks. He was but, close. Yeah, but yeah, he was great. He was yeah. he was great, yeah. but I I just don't think anybody that says it's not debatable Ali was the greatest heavyweight of all time. No, I think it's very debatable. I mean, so now the size of these heavyweights. Could he beat Tyson Fury? Could he Could he beat Tyson Fury? I don't know. Fury's undefeated. You Nobody's beating him. You know who I think could give him a better fight than any of the people you mentioned? Was the big heavyweight from, what was it, Britain? You just mentioned him? Lennox Lewis. Lennox Lewis. I think he'd give him a better fight I, than anybody. I think... I, I, Ali in his prime. Lewis is so much bigger than Ali. I'm I'm serious, man. I think Lennox Lewis, Lennox Lewis might be able to beat him. But Lennox Lewis was also a good boxer and a good defender. You know, he was uh, quick on his feet. He, he destroyed Mike Tyson. You go back and watch that fight. Yeah. He dismantled Tyson. And I understand it's not wasn't the same Tyson as when he was coming up and he was hungry and you know before Cus D'Amato died. All I understand all that stuff, but I think Lennox Lewis would hold his own against Muhammad. Did Ali. you ever hear any numbers on Lennox Lewis as far as his height, weight, and stuff? I think he's six five. He's a big man, tall. Yeah, well, uh, Ali was six three, wasn't he? Six three. I think so. Yeah, about two twenty five. To me, I, I know all these guys, you're talking about a debate, and sure, you can debate anything. I, I would still say in my lifetime. 6'5", 257, Lennox Lewis. Yeah, and, and Ali was 6'3", about 220, if I remember correctly. Sonny Liston, if he hadn't took a dive, I think early in the career when he was Cassius Clay, would have demolished Clay. Fought him twice. Ali. Yeah. Him twice. The second I, second fight was a joke. I saw the fights on big screen at Fox Theaters, St. Louis. But I, the first the first fight, if you watch <clears throat> it, Clay beat him, and he he went he he took a dive with the Phantom Punch, you know, in Lewiston, Maine, and that was it. All right, good boxing talk, Vaughn. Thanks for the call. Yeah, thanks. Thank you, guys. All right, you know you know me, Jess. You want to talk some boxing? Well, I can't I'm here, do. I'm here I mean, for you. I'm, I'm here for you. I was there for, a, like I said, I drove to St. Louis to see Joe Frazier fight against uh, Foreman when he Foreman just beat Frazier to death, knocked him down about seven times. Yep. I'm sitting there watching it on a theater, closed-circuit TV. And it wasn't that it. he knocked him down seven times in a 15-round bout. He knocked him down seven times in two rounds. It looked like a man fighting a young boy. That's the famous call by Howard Cosell. <laughs> down goes Frazier. It was George Foreman that put him down. Yes. And, and then he and, was such a favorite in Kinshasa Zaire when he yeah. fought George Foreman. He was Foreman was a massive favorite over Ali. And Ali rope-a-doped him and knocked him out. Well, he let him burn himself out. The heat in Zaire was what? During the fight, it was a late afternoon fight. Same with the rumble in the jungle. 80-something degrees. That's awful hot for a boxer. And so he let... That was a good tactics by Ali to let him burn out. I just don't know. When he got wore out, that's when Ali started. I don't know that Ali could have gotten inside on 
guys that are just massive like Lewis, like Vladimir Klitschko. Six, six, two, sixty. Larry Holmes. Vitaly Klitschko, six, seven. Yeah. Tyson Fury is six feet ten. Klitschko, I think he'd circle and jabbed and hurt. I think he'd cut Klitschko. I really do. Klitschko was a great fighter, but I I think Ali would took him. But I tell you, uh, Holmes was such a great jab. Holmes' jab was every bit as good as Ali's jab. With his jab, I think he could give Ali a fight, although I think Ali would have whipped him. I I would take Holmes. You take Holmes over Ali? Holmes is one of my all-time favorite fighters. Yeah, but boy, he had that left jab, man. I mean, it was you couldn't get close to him. If you could find it on YouTube, and you can, the Holmes-Ali fight where Ali was at the end of the road, and everybody thought, okay, this will be his last fight. No, no. He came back and fought Trevor Burbick and got dismantled. But Holmes, he was just pounding Ali. Ali was his idol. Yeah. And he turned to the referee and said, stop it, would you? Would you stop this fight? And he didn't. And finally, Ali retired on a stool. There's nobody that cares more about the boxer in the ring than the other boxer. Honestly, they're out there gladiating. But as far as caring for each other you don't want to hurt a guy yeah and like you said that was his idol all he wanted was just to stand up walk off victory i mean if you've ever heard boom boom mancini ray boom boom mancini talk about duck ku kim who died he died mancini killed him not on purpose and how that psychologically affected mancini I mean, that's it's a big deal. All right, Jess, quick timeouts. It's the Sports Huddle, SEMO, ESPN. And, Jess, uh, we're professionals, at least we pretend to be, so we had to do a show today. Uh, try to be in good spirits. Got to be honest. My day was ruined when my alarm went off at 3.20 this morning, got up. You know, I'm always checking out things. I got an hour drive to work, so I get to hear, you know, find out all the latest. And to hear that Toby Keith died last night at age 62, uh, my day is going to be ruined. Uh, I know they're going to be playing a lot of Toby Keith on our sister station, K103, 102.9 FM. 62 years old. He'd been battling stomach cancer for quite a while. His last public appearance, he was gaunt and thin. And he is one of my all-time favorites. Jess sold over 40 million albums. Think about that. He had 61 songs, singles, that charted on the Billboard Hot Country list. 20 number one hits. 22 additional top 10 hits. When it comes to country music stars... Toby Keith was among the elite, in my mind. The one you just played, Hard to Beat. <laughs> That's a great song. Yeah, 62 years old, in this day and time, is young. Way too young. To die. And it's always said when you lose anyone, I've lost plenty of people in my family and friends. And um, he was a great talent. 
I'd love to see, I always said I'd like to see cancer wiped out in my lifetime. That's not going to happen. But it could in your lifetime, could in my grandkids' lifetime. Someday they'll get it. They will get it, and it'll be a cure. But, boy, it's, it's, a, it's a battle, you know, when you got cancer. Just one week from tomorrow, the St. Louis Cardinals, pitchers, and catchers report to spring training February 19th. First full squad workout in MLB has debuted. You can go to MLB.com. You want to get a look at it. All 30 baseball teams have new spring training hats by new era. Now, the last several years, they've had the mesh on the back, you know, kind of trucker hats. <laughs> if you, yeah. Where you go with the mesh, that's what you kind of refer to them to. Uh, the Cardinals hat, bright red. I'll turn the screen around here so you can get a look at it. Big Cardinals sitting on a baseball bat. Not birds on the bat. Is that not, what they're expected? Mo- spring training? Or, they're they're or? gonna No, no. They'll just wear them during spring training. But every team has a new hat, and the Cardinals bright red, big red Cardinal on the front sitting on a bat. Not... Not like the jersey with two birds on the bat, uh, one bird on the bat. I like it. Oh, yeah. Wow. I know it's a marketing deal, but I, I, I like the hat. I do, too. You know, the cards used to wear red, and then sometimes they wear blue, navy blue. And um, I like the red with it. But um, spring training, like it says, right around the corner. Um, and, you know, the hype that you're going to see in baseball when the Dodgers play their first game against the Cardinals. Yeah, they Otani's first game against, against the Redbirds. In the National League. In, uh, in L.A., Chavez Ravine, Dodger State. Yeah, thank goodness he's not pitching also. <laughs> that day, would you be surprised if he don't hit one out of the park? No. <laughs> I just think that baseball has those kind of moments that Derek Jeter walk off hits his last time at bat. Roberto Clemente, his 3,000th hit on his last time at bat. You know, baseball's got the history of doing things that's dramatic. And I think that'd be dramatic. Otani's first game in the National League, home run. I, if I had to bet... Sonny Gray didn't give up a lot of home runs, so we'll see. Yeah, if I had to bet, though, I may bet that he, he will hit one. Probably against a bullpen. I Sonny don't th- Gray... I don't uh, think he's going to hit one against well, Gray. That's why I say Sonny Gray won't be in there but four or five innings. Right. I mean, in, in June, that's the best you'll get out of him. He's not a he's not a six-inning pitcher. So when that bullpen starts marching in there, if he hasn't homered off of Gray... He won't. Watch out. Oh, well, you don't know if he will or not. I'm telling you right now. He could homer off anybody, even you. When he doesn't homer off Gray, we will roll back the tape. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> home run. He's going to, yeah, to predict the guy's definitely going to hit one. But Jess, hello to the uh, radiant and ravishing Dawn Sean. She's got the day off. We had a great day yesterday. We'll uh, another one today. I think uh, I'll be uh talking to her on my way home see if she, what she wants me to bring home for lunch so she doesn't have to work or cook anything so now you're saying lunch, that so. radiant and ravishing 
Now, is that with a capital R's and an exclamation point? I think so, isn't it? Capital R's and multiple exclamation yeah, points. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Got a got a final nugget uh, for it? Well, don't rush me. You know I do. Let me say hi to my girls, too, down in Texas and Columbia and, and Neva here in town, like always. I'm sure people are bored hitting, hearing this stuff all the time. But I'm going to give you this one. It's not a weakness to be thoughtful and kind. That was written by Jess Bolin. And it's a fact that you go out and you try to make somebody's day by a smile or a wave or a handshake or whatever. And it might make you feel better. Don't hurt you. Jess, we will uh, reconvene tomorrow if that so, works. Yep. Wisdom, right. wisdom tomorrow. And again, today, we remember the great Toby Keith. Rest in peace, cowboy. I should have been a cow-